You're listening to What's in the Box, the Xbox News Reviews, Theories and Conspiracies podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh Hutton, and I'm joined by the Madam of the White Whale Saloon, Kyle Sandin. If you have to ask, I'm too expensive. <laughs> the <laughs> traveling elixir salesman with a golden tongue, Hunter Sealock. Sometimes the elixir you seek is the golden tongue. Oh, Ooh. God. Damn it. In uh, rounding out the posse, we have the gay whistling hangman, Brooks Nickel. Ah, that's right. I'll hump him and leave him hanging. <laughs> that one's also sexual. Hey, oh. All three of those introductions were really sexual. Off to a good roll here. Well, you guys are welcome. You guys are, you know, I, I see you as sexual beings with needs Plain, and habitual masturbation. <laughs> I don't. I don't know where this came from. Uh, he just had this <laughs> masturbation riff while I'm off mic here. Uh, you know what Jacob feels about with his moms. Like at least, all right. Like, hooking up Whew. with moms is something that adds to your mythos. Like masturbating is just kind of like sad. Boy, we're out the <laughs> gates. Look at us go. Well, maybe yeah. if you're like, maybe if you're like <laughs> the best masturbator, right? That would be something to be proud of. Yeah, is that something I should aspire to? I don't know. I'll have to look up and see if there's any like competitions for it. Wow. Well, cancel the episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, gosh, I quit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to get started as we do on every episode with a little bit of news. Hunter, why don't you kick us off? Uh, yeah, big deal is some Red Dead 2 news uh, has left the beta stage with a new uh, a, a big update. Uh, massive yeah it includes a whole lot of stuff some some smaller stuff in my estimation some online poker with friends and strangers eh? a little bit of mm-hmm. black mm-hmm. Good. you have a new gun some more story mission side activities and a poncho because apparently that's what people really wanted out of red dead 2 was a poncho <laughs> people, mm-hmm. yeah people did flip out about it they were pretty oh. excited they're yeah. very excited Clint Eastwood movie yeah mm-hmm. right so that's the thing. The biggest thing that I, I think is going to affect it is anti-griefing features that they've put in, um, which includes like an offensive and defensive setting that you can set. And if you're offensive, you can kill everybody, and it's basically like it is now, as I understood it. But like if you set it as defensive, and it's harder for you to die from uh, other players and shit like that. And if somebody keeps killing you, it like and griefing you on it, it spawns them farther and farther away until they're eventually in a whole nother region, you know, but I don't know. I think there's a few things they've done on that, that I think is going to be the biggest, nice, yeah. the biggest addition. It looks like all of that's going to really add to the quality of life. I think, um, from what I understand, the missions, the co-op missions added to the online component will kind of wrap up that storyline they introduced. Oh shit. I forgot about that. When the game launched and then they're, they're adding, is it, is it like kind of role-playing kind of different? You can almost do, yeah, yeah. Which tells a little bit about like kind of the character archetypes you can lean into later this summer. Right. So the, there, right now, there's three roles that you can set into, and it's going to be more focused on on building your abilities. That's the word I'm looking for, and stuff like that. Instead yeah. of just getting cosmetics and better guns and shit like that. Like there's a bounty hunter. Uh, they hunt down criminals. There's, another one's a collector. Then you're hunting for treasure and that kind of shit. And another one's a trader, which builds businesses. Hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah, that sounds pretty badass. Yeah, Bricks texted me the other day when he saw this and said that he was going to start um, kind of going method uh, in preparation for this mm-hmm. update. Yeah. 
He said he was going to start role playing um, in his real life. He said he wanted to be a cowboy baby. So I assumed he was going to, you know, wear boots. And... Nope. Nipple rings and a mullet. It was nipple yeah. rings and a mullet. Boy. He's gone full Kid Rock fan. I was about to say, insert the Kid Rock song. Oh, yeah. My. He can smell a pig from a from a mile away. You heard it. You heard it here first. I'm getting business cards made up. I'll send them out in the mail. Thank yeah. God. Yeah, it seems like it's, it's finally getting to a state. Yeah, where we might be interested <laughs> in playing it. And I think, you know, they didn't go into a lot of detail on how those roles will ultimately work. But I think if they, I, I doubt it would be quite as rich as the like CEO thing in GTA or the biker gang thing in GTA or one of those things. But I think if they start kind right. of using those archetypes to specific activities and building up things like that, like those modes in GTA five, I think that'll add some cool depth really fast to the game and good on them. I mean, I, I think it's GTA five. I don't think added heist and stuff until a year after it was out, like on the online component. Um, they shared some figures that the online component was doing uh, really well. And acted like it hit, was growing at a faster rate than the GTA Online yeah, based it initially, good. which, of course, it still does very well. I think I saw this week GTA Five has now sold 110 million copies. Um, shit. Yeah, which is nuts. I mean, That's and bad. I think they said Red Dead has sold 24 million. Um, just to kind wow. of put it in perspective, granted, GTA is a pretty good too. older yeah. game. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's great. But yeah, GTA is one of the best-selling games of all time. But anyway, mm-hmm. thought that was cool. Well, that's. I mean, that's pretty well it on the Red Dead... Uh... The Red Dead news. I'm waiting for them to add straw that you can put between your teeth. That's what I'm waiting for. Mm-hmm. That'll cost you ten dollars. Yes, gold. in the gold premium currency, <laughs> ten dollars for that piece of straw. Christ. But yeah, um, what what's going on over at Ubisoft, Kyle? Mm, I'm glad you guys mentioned this to me because I had not heard of it until today. But it seems like a very interesting game, Skull and Bones, from the same Ubisoft Singapore that did uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Oh, nice. And may I just take a moment to... I had no idea, but I think that's ironic as hell. That's Ubisoft Singapore doing these pirate games. <laughs> Let's go to the source. <laughs> <All right. laughs> yeah. Kyle, you, you, you forgot to say shout out. Shout out? Oh, shout out to Singapore. All them pirates out there. But no, it seems like a really good game. Uh, I mean, it sucks it's delayed, but... Again... I've always, I've never been too pissed at delays. I've always felt like, you know, as much time as they need to take as much time as they need to, to like make a very good game. Yeah. Yeah. But then they start releasing these half-assed games. Yeah. Take all your time you need. Exactly. That's what they said. That's the approach they took. Mm -hmm. um, Because they'd come out and said, you know, it was delayed before and now it's delayed again. And they're talking about, I think, what was it? Maybe April, 2020. Yeah. yeah, could be as late as April 2020, but uh, you know they said, "Hey, we're going to take our time and make sure that we release this the way it should be released." And so, you know, kudos for owning up to that. And it's a lot better than doing something like I don't know, fucking Anthem, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> or let's so, not make it like Sea of Thieves. <laughs> yeah, well, that's just inherently bad. And you guys might have to remind me. I, I can't remember for sure. It, it seems like they initially said they were going to release fall of 2018. I mean, this is. It's been. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Quite. Yeah, a bit. yeah it's, mm-hmm. it's been delayed up quite a bit. Oh yeah. And I'm I'm curious to see what what they ultimately end up adding to it because when they showed it yeah. at the E3, I think it was it was just last year's E3. It was the first time they showed it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It seemed really simple compared to Sea of Thieves, which is already incredibly simple. But it was like you couldn't really leave your ship. You couldn't, you know, which is part of the fun on those on Assassin's yeah. Creed is like whenever you board the ship or something like that. Yeah, wanting to do that or at least be a part of a ship crew versus just everybody being in a their own ship. I think it just seemed mm-hmm. like it was a really narrow mode compared to some of the other naval combat games that were out there and stuff. And so I, I think if, if they're taking this additional time, maybe they can add a little more depth to, to the experience. But um, that's Black Flag was a great yeah. game. Certainly one of the better Assassin's Creed games. So Yeah, do people anything like Black Flag, I'm excited. Sure. Do people really want to be like play like the role of a part of a crew member of a pirate ship? Is there really a want for that? Yeah, I, I get that. I think so to an extent. I'm curious. It's probably divided. Yeah, I think I would just rather do like that. Shit yeah. Like, yeah, I yeah. want to go fucking digitally row a goddamn paddle or raise a sail right. or or like yep, the go this way. Like, I don't know. It's just swap the poop dick. Yeah, right. I think I think the issue I have if it's everybody's on their own ship, then it ultimately kind of becomes a battlefield or Call of Duty type experience where you're playing a game together, but you're so often just kind of removed from each other and not really experiencing the same encounters or the same stakes at the same time. You know, it, but still, give yeah. like give one person all the control to like drive the ship, and then the other. Players yeah. can jump from Shoot cannon, yes. jump from cannon yeah. to like you know first or third person jumping to the other ship and boarding it. Like I mean, that would be, I don't know. It's just to me, doing the sails and stuff has no interest. To me. Yeah, and what I was seeing too is that you could have some like other ships as well, and so I think that could come into play. Like you man those frigates over there, and then oh, okay, I, was, I see what you're saying. Like you have like a small fleet for your yeah, squad. Th- yeah. They were saying you could add ships as you play the game and have like some smaller ships to your fleet which they showed in the video i saw as well and they they said you know with that delay they kind of countered and said aside from ghost recon they have three unannounced AAA games that they're doing damn and i don't know what they would be i know what i want one of them to be but the seems like it won't be one of them but gonna hang on to splinter cell but one of the devs that worked on Div- Division joked about they joked about Splinter Cell the other day, and then everybody thought that they were actually working on it. And then Ubisoft had to make a statement saying they were joking. Burke, you just want to start us off talking about some Dauntless. This is a game that's been uh, Dauntless is uh, getting released on PS4 and Xbox. It's been out on PC for a while, if I'm not mistaken. Um, what was the release date, Josh? Do you remember that? May twenty first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and um, so it seemed pretty expansive. Um, I I wasn't privy to it until reading that article. Um, it looks cool, not really up my my alley, but it, they likened it to kind of a monster hunter type. Um, you know, where you go out and do quests and slay these behemoths and uh, get crafting material for gear. Um, but it I, it seemed interesting. Uh, I don't know. I I wasn't a fan of Monster Hunter. Uh, I know you guys played it quite a bit and this just kind of sounds like monster hunter to me i liked i liked it a lot monster hunter was one of those games that released in full at a time when not many were doing that so that was neat but i i enjoyed it it was it felt a little clumsy until you yeah i barely made it past the first cutscene. and it seems and it seems <laughs> that they embrace some of that stuff too like you know talking about the weapons in the article the guy talked about how you, you you'll get something of added to console that I don't believe was there before on PC is unlocking um, when you do so much damage with, say, an axe. 
at a certain mark, you unlock another attack. And when you do, cool. you know, X amount of damage more, you unlock another attack. And so when you find a weapon that you like, it seems like you have an ability to to stylize it even more. Which, like I said, it, it, it sounds good. There's some really cool stuff. I mean, the, the, they really jumped through this game um, in the article. And they talked about one thing I thought was really cool is is how it's releasing on I believe it's a uh, what is that uh, Epic correct Yes. Um, and they talked about how everything's you know free to play. There's no nothing hid behind loot walls. Um, there are some cosmetic things you can purchase that are like uh, different colored dyes and textures for armor. But one they talked about how. Uh, if you see somebody walking through town and they've got you know this big badass gear set on, then they're probably a badass. They earned it, which I thought was pretty cool. But also, they do have a, I believe they said it'd be $10 a season, six seasons, roughly a year. A lot of the hub world will change and with different decorations for that season. It's like it's 10 bucks and it's a premium content like pass. Yeah, I, and like you said, it's not going to be a game for everybody, but it's cool to have a game in that space because there's Monster Hunter is the only game like Monster Hunter i've played and it's, it's yeah, i yeah. really enjoyed yeah, it yeah absolutely absolutely people um, will love it yeah, i'm excited to hop into that one and i'm glad there's something else coming to that free-to-play space on console and it looks both better and worse than monster hunter to me on the gameplay mechanics to me the weapons don't look to be as individualized in how you play them based yeah. on what i watched like because on monster hunter like hunter said you know you could play the game and you might be running a great sword or something and and hating it and then you switch to a glaive or some other type of weapon and you you found a rhythm and and like ah it makes sense yes and you kind of just had to toy around i did think the movement looked smoother than monster hunter which will be nice because that was always one issue with monster hunter is while those different weapons played so radically um differently it, it ultimately like just your agility was kind of odd if you're used to playing yeah. something like yeah, dark souls or a lot of different open world type melee games where it, you had a little bit more control of your player movement that one seemed a little limited in that capacity but this looks a little smoother and probably a little more like what we were used to in that space and then um the following week another game that's coming out is void bastards and this is a cell shaded game that is made by the people, by a couple of the original creators of System Shock, which was a precursor to Bioshock. And um, so it kind of is a, a combination of, of Bioshock and like a heist game. And it, it looks interesting and it'll be, it'll launch on Game Pass. So if you have that, you'll be able to play it on day one, uh, the 28th, I believe. Uh, System Shock had a uh, pretty large following, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a massive cold hit and i'm trying to remember when that one came out it's like it's kind of early 2000s um but it 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 was not one i i ever played but it, it's one that's always kind of like referenced um as, as a 94 oh really it's that old okay so that, that'll be cool what's everybody been playing lately i don't want to talk about it <laughs> well, ultimately, we have to talk about it because we have to review it. <laughs> i think we need to uh i think we need to uh like definitely let's just start renting the review games <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've we've kind of had some backfire when we've picked yeah. up a few yeah this one was a ones. punch to the dick man for sure yeah like the game i should have bought was, was mortal Kombat, and i rented that one that one was exactly, uh, exactly. excellent and then yeah. the one i was felt pretty confident would be okay to buy which was rage 2 not feeling too mm-hmm. proud about it but before we we start reviewing is there any games you uh kyle or hunter you guys want to mention anything that's been in the rotation for you lately 
Uh, just really the standards. Overwatch, uh, getting into into Rocket League hard again, pushing that one yes. pretty hard. But other than that, pretty pretty standards. Didn't like last last week. Didn't you buy Conquer Live and Reloaded? I did buy Conquer Live oh, and Reloaded that's right. last oh, yeah. week. Yeah, I remember you were talking about you were going to play some of it, but I never really heard any feedback from you on it. Yeah, it's it's fun for nostalgic purposes, but it's not great. I mean, it's an old. You know what I'm saying? There's a reason that I play different games anymore but it, it's fun for nostalgia yeah you know for it's sure. one of those that's one of those games you remember as being fucking incredible and then you put it in you're like oh this game's garbage but you still yeah. have fun playing it because it used to be incredible to you what the hell? you know yeah. yeah it seems like we've had like this real <laughs> kind of like really great nights on the standard game to the really brutal can't get anything going nights uh, apex Last night was one of those nights where we couldn't get dick all going, yeah. Bricks and I went in on Rage 2 this week. Um, Before we get too deep into it, I want to talk a little bit about the performance specs. This seemed really weird to me. Right before it came out, they they released how the game was going to run on different platforms. And so specifically to the Xbox, it runs at 1080p at 60 frames on the One X and 900p at 30 frames on the original Xbox or Xbox One S. And that's dog shit to me on both accounts. Like it should be running 4K <laughs> on the One X, yeah. and it should be running at least 1080p and 30 frames on the One S, if not 60. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I can't. I, like, I can't even rationalize what? in my head why it's not running that well. Like Doom, which came out in what 2016, 2015, runs better than that. Um, yeah. The 4K version of Witcher 3, which came out in 2015, looks better. And it's a much bigger world and has a hell of a lot more NPCs and shit going on in it. Assassin's Creed looks a hell of a lot better. Like, I That's mean, there's so many weird. games. And, and Far Cry 5 looks better if you just want to go first-person open-world games. Like, to me, it's odd that it can't hit kind of the basic specs on these. I'm finding mm-hmm. that weird because I remember on the first one, they were hammering hard about how they put so much detail into the map and we're like yes making it look so good and <laughs> yeah I, I i'm glad you brought that up because you know when that game came out it was kind of toward the tail end of i feel like from about 2005 to 2011 or so the, there were a few years in there where the kind of the convention in, in game design was making kind of these darker, almost more earth tone looking games. And it was trying to like gritty, realistic mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And I think people kind of got burnt on that type of design. And there's just this kind of absence of color, which Rage 1 did not yeah. have much color. And But I wish this game had ultimately gone back to that design because this game, dude, doesn't know what the fuck it wants to be. It is so... <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's open world is like trying to have a bit of a fallout aesthetic and at the same time it's got all these neon bullshit colors that look like they're ripped from sunset overdrive and then it tries to be uh, funny like borderlands but it's, it's too much land the humor and That's, it's trying to blend way too many games ooh. and it doesn't do any of it no Curious. it tries too hard in the wrong areas it seems like to, to compensate for that graphical shit it does that motion blur effect that i've noticed a lot of games doing in, in recent memory, but particularly Avalanche, um, who does Just Cause, who did Generation Zero that we talked about on the first episode of the show. Ah, um, right. Create They used their Apex engine for the open world here. Um, they designed most of the missions and the world and all that kind of shit. And, and they did the same thing they did on Generation Zero, where they add this motion blur effect to 
um, try to make you not notice the drop in frames or the lack it just in makes graphical you quality. fucking sick to your stomach and it makes you feel sick and it, it takes away from the combat because the combat is precise and feels good and we'll talk about it a little bit more but that gets kind of sabotaged by the fact that as you're turning and trying to hit the next guy or whatever it just all looks like soup when you're going from hitting this person to tr- moving and trying to hit the next guy. And it's just like a filter. Like it could just turn it off. Like it's not an option, or, you know, it drives me fucking nuts, but I-, I wish they would just remove that or give me the ability to do it. Yeah. At least let me choose if I want that shit on there or not. Exactly. I mean, I'm going to choose no, but give me that choice. And then um, real quickly on the story. Um, so it opens, you're just kind of foot soldier guarding a military outpost attacked by a very generic enemy called the authority. You know, you know who the, that lead dude remind me of Josh, the guy in like the, with all the robot parts. And he's, I think the only thing human is his head, right? Yeah. What was that movie? Small soldiers, chip hazard, major chip hazard. Yeah. The bad guy. Just oh. this like robotic, like, I don't know. It's just it's strange. It's terrible. It may, it may be worse than Anthem in its, it's storytelling. Like the, the chip hazard versus like the rich bad dude in Monsters Inc. with the mechanical mm-hmm. <laughs> <the> <laughs> legs. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. They blended those two things. They they borrowed from both of those really heavily. And then there's a, a ranger that's killed during that, and you take his armor during the fight, which gives you more strength and movement capabilities. You kind of have become superhuman to an extent. And then your general's killed, and after she dies, you go into this <laughs> fucking vault thing, and she has this like three minute hollow tape for you that's very specific to all the circumstances that have just happened. Yeah, like like she anticipated ugh. getting killed, and she you're went just no like, the... on that shit. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't just it wasn't just if you're like reading this, I'm dead. It's like if you're reading this, I died, and this is exactly how I die. <laughs> and and I, these are the and people I, that are still definitely alive, alive even though I had no clue when I would die. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely, yes. but they're there, and so you're going to track them down. Um, and you probably got a scrape on your arm during that fight, so here's a band aid for that. <laughs> it's just it's fucking ridiculous. The cutscenes yeah. are ridiculous. Can I talk about? There, there's anytime a new character comes in and this happens yes. uh, about 10 times over the first 30 minutes of gameplay, it pauses the cutscene and it pops up this like bio and like screenshot of them. And then your character voices does a voiceover and he's like, this is Maya. She took me in when I was a kid. I was on the streets and it, it's just like, <laughs> oh, fucking God. Jesus. So it interrupts. It's just real. The parts that are good and like Josh said, we'll get to him. You know, the, the, the gunfighting feels nice, but damn, it's just, it feels so interrupted and Josh put more time into it than I did. So I'm sure he got quite further and maybe it, it lessens, but it really made just even getting through the opening of that game brutal. Yeah. It sounds like crap. Cause not only on those pop-ups when it's introducing characters, which, you know, you can kind of do something similar to that. Like I think borderlands does a really fun job of it Oh, where absolutely. it's like this cheesy I you you're in like seventies action movie. Oh, it zooms yeah. in on the guy and it says one quick line about him on the screen, and he says a voice line or something, and it's done, and you're fighting again. Like it's really quick and it's silly, and that's fine. But this freezes the whole fucking game, and it's just like a still and a voiceover. And then as you're fighting, you constantly get these stupid fucking pop ups that are telling you, "Oh, here's this thing." If you pick, you know, you finish looting a certain area, you clear it out. It pops up and it's like, this area is complete. Instead of just saying that in the corner as you keep moving, it freezes the whole game. So you're constantly getting stopped 
over and over and over again. And this game is incredibly short for an open world game. Uh, if you could even call it that, because it is it's seriously like the most linear open world. Like you you drive from point A to point B, but if you go off the road, how the world is designed, you will wreck your shit so fast <laughs> on like the cliffside and like the rocky edges. You cannot you can't just really save time and go off roading or really explore because of the map's not designed for that. It's designed for you to just follow the road and, and for them to be able to say it's open world. Yes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I think the game would ultimately be better if it was just a corridor shooter and not try to do the open world thing. But because the combat, the car physics and the car combat is terrible, which I, I like that kind of shit. Yeah. Fine in Just Cause. You can do a lot of cool stuff with vehicles in Just Cause. Um, yeah. But that doesn't translate. You could do cool shit in Mad Max, which Avalanche also did. But yeah, that stuff's not here. The car That's... is floaty and feels terrible. And Yeah, it definitely feels like an afterthought. Like yes. they built everything, and they're like, "Ah, well, we got to get people from point A to point B. We'll give them this car and these shitty mechanics to drive it with." It was, yeah, I agree. Yeah, which which is so weird because it's like they had to know that was going to be a key ingredient because I, I remember an interview with one of the lead guys at um, ID Software. You know, ID ID's made Doom, they made Quake, and then they have Rage. Right? They have these single word, very short, snappy game titles. And he said that Rage worked as their, it was their car game because it rages in the word garage, right? And it was like kind of their shorthand for that. And that, that was always in that game's DNA. And so it seemed really surprising to me that the vehicles feel like such an afterthought when that was one of the things that's kind of meant to set that game apart from Doom or Quake. Right. Anyway, and as we've kind of alluded to, um, so 10 to 12 hours, let me, let me finish that, 10 to 12 hours to finish the game if you just kind of play it straight through, for about 20 hours for a total map completion. Um, and I want to say that the opening hour of the game is probably the worst opening hour of any game I have ever played. You have a tutorial that probably takes 30 minutes, really at the beginning where you're not in the open world, and then you don't really have any abilities. You're having to you're stopping at all these different sites to gain these abilities and it's just like Oh, it's fucking window, awesome. Pop-up window. And yeah, you run in and you you kill everybody and then there's there's this vault you open, you go in, you stick your arm in this hole. And he makes like this great comment on the first one where he's like, yeah, something about sticking your fingers in holes and you don't know what's in there. And it's fucking <laughs> great. Oh. That's, and that's shotgun <laughs> throughout the fucking game or these terrible fucking comments. But what's, what's really obnoxious is every time you go to one of these vaults to get this nano injection, it then pops up a fucking tutorial and it puts you in this like VR room and you have to like do all these things to use the new ability you just gained. And uh, it's it's just taxing because it's so unnecessary. Yes. Just throw me right back out into combat and let me yes. use and that. And it's even if you get a new gun, you have to go through a tutorial. And it's like, mm-hmm. I know how guns work. Oh, good like, lord. I don't, I don't yeah. need training every time. I venture to say I pulled the right trigger on my Xbox controller on this one as well as the last <laughs> no one. No way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There might be an alternate Iconic. You know, fire mode there that I could cycle to, but I bet I just pulled the same trigger. So it's just, it's unnecessary. And I hate to keep yeah. referencing Borderlands, but I mean, let's be honest, this is kind of what this game is acting yep. as. Um, and that's what the first one was compared to. But like on Borderlands, you get a new ability, you pop open your menu, you select it from the skill tree, and it's there. <laughs> 
you know, <laughs> you can use it and you close the menu out and you're still in the middle of combat. And it's just, I don't know. It's just seems wildly unnecessary, but I hate the music. Like it always seems like it's, it comes in too early or too late or it starts amping up and nobody's around you or something like, I mean, it's, it's the <laughs> most bipolar soundtrack kind of algorithm thing I've ever noticed in a game. So I would just say, turn that off. I don't know exactly where the line is drawn between what id software did for the game and what Avalanche did. It is safe to say id did all of the shooting movement stuff because it feels very much like yeah. other games they've made. And it's safe to say Avalanche did the open world stuff because it's on their Apex engine and all that kind of stuff. So that, that stuff is feel safe to say, but I'm, I'm sure there's a degree of crossover on both accounts. But it's like everything id did for this game is great. And if it was just their game and it was in a corridor, I'd be probably talking about how wonderful this game was. The shooting is great. Once you start actually getting more abilities and when you at least have the shotgun, the shotgun's one of the best shotguns in any game once it's kind of leveled up a bit. Once you have that kind of shit, it feels fun. It feels fluid. Um, all that stuff is really good. The issue is mm -hmm. it's rare that you're even fighting a group of enemies large enough to capitalize on your super soldier abilities. It's like once you hit a rhythm and you go into kind of the overdrive mode, it's like everybody's already dead. And it's like, man, what the fuck was the point of that? Like, you know, it's just the scale's not quite there. And I, I, I'm just at about three hours in on it, and I, I just didn't get a chance to put more time into it today, but... Uh, I might have to check back in with you guys right to at about the end of my playtime. I started running into some more interesting like boss fights and stuff uh, that were a little more challenging. So it also feels like they cut a lot of things that were probably in the game and they're now just putting it out as either free DLC or paid DLC as the year goes on. There's zones in the map that are not used and you know they're just they had shit on them and then they're like, oh, we've got to monetize this or oh, we've got to show oh, support God. for it coming on. And they just <laughs> pulled it out artificially to make you feel like the game's being supported but it ultimately makes the game feel really empty upon release I, it's a bummer i man, can't recommend we were, this one we, we, yeah yeah we had the spoken about cool, this one but it's not. yeah mm -hmm. like yeah. i enjoy generation zero more than i enjoy this game Ooh, oh dear. wow yeah that's a <laughs> like, i think it's congratulations rage Two. we you have to go back kicked in the testicles <laughs> yeah that's a statement. Not about the testicles, about Generation Zero. <laughs> I mean, that was also okay. Never mind. Their problems are very different, but at least Gen Zero had like a cohesive tone. Did something interesting with the setting, both in the the time it was placed and the geography of where you're at, and all that kind of shit is satisfying. And Rage feels like the worst video game gumbo of all time. <laughs> <laughs> The worst, <laughs> the worst video game gumbo. They used instant uh, rice and they didn't put any okra in it. <laughs> yeah, but let's let's talk about. So this game, when it was announced, I think everybody was really surprised that this was like going to become a franchise. Like nobody expected a Rage Two because Rage One didn't sell particularly well. Uh, it seemed like it'd just be a one-off game. And so I think it would be cool if we could discuss maybe some games that we would like to either see turned into a franchise that they haven't seen a sequel or games that are a franchise, but have been defunct for a number of years. Um, and Kyle, if you don't mind starting us off, just talking about a few of the games that you'd like to see. Yeah. So the first one I'd like to see is LA Noir. I thought it was really good. Really. Inter I liked the interaction with it. it. You know, it did really well in release. And then over the whole year, I think it was like the best selling IP of 2011 I was reading. And then they just didn't do anything else with it after that. Right. Okay. Yeah. 
Like, yeah, what was, it, that? was it a year or two ago that they finally did like a current gen update for that game? But yeah, I, I agree with very few satisfying like detective type games in general. Mm-hmm. And that one, you know, right. you had to watch people's facial expressions when they yeah. were telling you stuff. You had to kind of choose how you're going to press them for more information or if you were going to kind of take a good cop, bad cop approach, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And, and ultimately the story was interesting. The crime scenes would be interesting. Very much so. Um, I agree. I, I love that game. Um and would like to see more games like that. And they have had a lot of decent actors in it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indeed. Yeah, voice actors. And, yeah. yeah, I'm kind of surprised nobody else has like, tried to horn in on that action. But. Yeah, I agree. Just L.A. Noir and Nancy Drew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nobody's CSI Miami. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they probably dedicate a whole button in that game just to putting your sunglasses on. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Me too. Oh, like sexually and mysterious like. Yeah, but same other one. Uh I liked Max Payne. Oh hell yeah. Take two game. Um I thought it was really good. I mean I think they could have done some work on it, but I still enjoyed it pretty thoroughly. Um, yeah. Did you have a favorite of that series? Or Max Payne 3, yes, sir. That's the yeah. one I was alluding to. Yeah. Actually, the first one I had played out of the series. I didn't go back to play any of the others. A backlog of games. But uh, no, I really enjoyed that one. It's kind of surprised they didn't like continue another one or some other developer try it out. Yeah, they haven't made that style of kind of action game. Mm-hmm. Um, around that, not long before that, they did the is it Stranglehold that was like a John Woo movie, basically. Where you were like chowing oh. fat and kind of in action, yeah. Deal. They had that right. and the Max Payne games. I the first Max Payne was great, but like the second one was so good um, and had a really interesting like, graphic novel storytelling device and had kind of a really dark romantic plot at the center of yeah. it, uh, which was kind of uh, something I hadn't really seen in a video game. Um, with a very like toxic relationship as a centerpiece. And then hmm. um, three, I think what was so interesting about it is you're in kind of this urban kind of, I can't remember if you're in New York or where you're at, but you're, you're in a lot okay. of these urban areas and it has a certain vibe. It feels very film noir. And then all of a sudden you're thrown into South America and it's sunny and your head is shaved and you, you're in this completely new spot. Uh, like the, it's like a yeah. switch got hit in that game, but all the stakes changed and all that kind of stuff. And it was, it was just done really well. That was my favorite part. Yeah. You go through all this dark, you know, thrown up from pills. And next thing you know, he just shaves his head and turns into like the, uh, what's his face from uh, breaking bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Time to kill some fuckers in <laughs> Rio de Janeiro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I love those games. Shout out. Shout, Shout out. out. <laughs> Janeiro and Rio. all the people killed there by white bald guys. Yeah. Ugh, yeah uh, but my last one I'd like to see is the Need for Speed Underground series. Yes. Have Fuck yeah. Back. Mainly because yeah. I missed out on a lot of those growing up, so I'd like to the get a chance now. The first one was real was real shitty frankly it was real curated but the second one was open world and it was beautiful i love the shit out of the second underground that's my that's the best need for speed oh yeah send them badass from all the friends i'd hear talking about at school and i could never rent it because it was always rented <laughs> by someone else <laughs> sorry bud it wasn't me i actually i think i have two copies of it still because the uh, the second <laughs> underground was one of my favorite games i ever played yeah that's one that like i just don't understand quite how that franchise 
can't seem to find its footing because it, it has such a rich history. I mean, there's several iterations of that series that were very oh, yeah. good. I, I think I'm with you, Hunter. I think Underground 2 is probably my favorite. Um, what was the other uh, one that was really good? Hot Pursuit? The Hot Pursuit wasn't Hot too Pursuit. bad. The best yeah. one in my, in my opinion What's was the, other the Criterion one. one. Um, I don't remember that one. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't, didn't make, I didn't know they made huh. one. I knew they did Burnout, but I didn't know they Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. Often. I'm sure they did, because I, I know EA didn't yeah, get tired of wanted. having two competing racing games and probably hmm. correct. Yeah, it was no, it most wanted. It may have been most wanted. Yeah, the only thing I didn't like about Most Wanted and Hot Pursuit, like the, the whole having cops on the scene was fun for a minute, and then it's like, fuck, I'm just trying to get to the other side of the map. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. <laughs> so like, I got bored on that one after a couple of hours. Same. Because you spend the whole time outrunning the cops so you can be uh be incognitous to start a map but now you're like you can't ever do yeah. what you're trying to do like you just have to basically yeah. go until the cops piss off and then do whatever is right there but underground was that without the cops and you could it was, i don't know it was good it's pretty basic in in hindsight but it was a lot of fun what about what about you hunter what are some franchises you'd like to see come back i played blitz on 64 they had a handful of sure. those on 64 and then they remade it for blitz the league one and two uh, and those are great. And NFL Street, I love the arcadey sports games. So yeah. there's the NBA Street. Uh, those games were fantastic. I don't know. I don't know what it is I liked about them, but they were they were a hoot. Yeah, and it seems like modern iterations on those, like they have like the NBA playgrounds or whatever now that they've they've right. gone instead of just being like a pure arcade experience, they're really targeted to kids. Whereas Blitz obviously wasn't. NFL Street was catered a right. little bit more toward kids but it, it it still was just more silly instead of trying to make it, it crazy simple um, and they didn't make it they I didn't take themselves too seriously like on yes. nfl street yeah. you'd be playing on a rooftop with the buildings on either side of you were taller than the building than the rooftop you were playing on and shit like yeah. and you could like run on the wall and jump off of people and do flips and it was silly like it was a silly arcade game but it was a lot of fun man and blitz like i i think that that blitz the league stuff was incredible for was awesome. for a series that lost the license to the nfl because ea's exclusivity deal to recover from that and still create one of the best sports games ever made without any real players <laughs> it's pretty nuts and yeah, dude it was all bullshit. Yeah, it was all made up shit, and it was still and the storyline on the second one was was great, dude. Like yeah, it was, it was silly. Good. you know, it was, but it, it was a lot of fun. So I'd love to see either one of those come back. I don't play a lot of sports games, but when I do, they're silly arcade sports games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the other one is Metal Arms Glitch in the System. This is kind of a random little game, but it had you know wise crack and robot, and had some cool weapons and that kind of shit. And I actually think I had this on PS2. They released it on PS2 and original Xbox. And then I sold my PS2 forever to be done with PlayStation and bought my Xbox and got a copy of it for that. And they actually had a Metal Arms 2 in the works. They were And it got canceled at some point in the production of it. And it, that's just, that was it. That was it on that, but I'd love to see that one come back because it was, it was just fun. Yeah, I'm not trying to like put you on the spot or anything. Do you remember who made that game? I just, oh, just kind of wonder if there's the rights to it at this point. No, I don't remember. I forgot about that one. Because I, I know a lot of people that talk that game up, and it's it's one I just failed to play. I, I never got into it, but I, think, I know a lot of people that love that game. I think Jacob just picked it up again. Shout out. Yeah, hmm. yeah Jacob really <laughs> likes that one. That, that's about it as far as that goes. It was developed by Swingin' Apes Studios. Yeah, Swingin' Apes. <laughs> I knew it was an animal, but... Huh? So well, they're probably uh, still around. 
Yeah, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that that goes back to like oh three. Like that's an old uh that's an old game. But it, I, I had a lot of fun on I like to see a, an updated remake on that. But those are the two that came to mind first right off for me because it's one of those like you think about games on on these like what would you like to see return like you well golden eye was awesome when i was a kid i'd like to see golden eye well like we have shooters mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like we have multiplayer shooters i, I wasn't attracted to golden eye for anything other than that part of it you know? and they exactly. and they redid golden eye already too and right. it was and it was a giant shit and it yeah. was it was a porta potty shit on a hot summer day it's bad. <laughs> I feel like there's more to this story. When did this porta potty shit happen? Yeah. Oh no, I, I'm just like in in general. Like, have you ever been to a music festival? Oh god. Yeah. Here we go. So Bonnaroo like... in 2013. <laughs> first took a, first yeah, took a porta potty shit. Uh, it <laughs> me. True story though. I did witness a completely naked chick. Walk into a porta potty at Bonnaroo uh, one morning at about ten thirty. Uh, so sure. the sun was already up. It was beat. <laughs> so yeah, that that's the end of that story. To... No, she's yeah, that's in, the end of that story. to have a naked poop. <laughs> I, yeah, she was. Yeah, it's All just right. uh, one of those if things. I give you know, you some... That'll give you some reference to how bad. There's not a lot there. I'm just trying to. Tell well, you I'm you telling you, you need to lie when you're telling <laughs> that kind of story. I mean, you got to embellish here. This is, this oh, is lacking no. any type of moral <laughs> takeaway or or humor value. Naked well, lady walking into porta potty. She yeah, needs like, to be like grunting, like she's having like the worst. Or she came out flinging it yeah. at people because she was stripping. <laughs> like, come or on. she came out in like a power uh, suit or okay, something, and you're like, "Where it. did she get I'll those clothes?" <laughs> Listen here, I'm taking I'm taking notes. Right. Okay, I'm taking notes. I'll, I'll work right. on it. Shit. To the drawing board, Josh. What do you think? What 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 tickles your? Yeah, my 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 first one is a game that I don't know how they would push the series forward because I don't think it's one that you could just kind of put out a sequel and, and keep it close to the originals. And, and I still think it would do well compared to modern shooters, but I'd love to see another time splitters. Um, I think time splitters two um, was a superb shooter for the time. Um, it was really arcadey and silly and it gave you so mm-hmm. much customization options. Like you could build maps, you could build missions, you could set up different things that would trigger um, events within missions and stuff. Like you, God, yeah, so it was it was a long time ago, but that game was just like you know you could dual wield basically every gun. You could set up all kinds of different modes, and it, it just had so much replay value um, at a time when a lot of games didn't. My my only concern with any new iteration of it one. They haven't made one since probably 2003, 2004. I think Future Perfect was the last one they made. The people that own it now are THQ Nordic. They have the rights to it. And these are the guys that they, man, they've got like so many game series that I have an affinity for. Saints Row's under them now. Red Faction's under them now. They have the rights to Time oh, Splitters. Yeah. That was Red a great Faction. one. Yeah, Red Faction was great. Gorilla mm-hmm. in that series was so awesome. Um but they're, yeah. they're sitting on all of these really nice franchises with storied histories, and, and they might remaster one every once in a while, but they're not doing anything with it. Since they've gotten Saints Row, they've done nothing with Saints Row, and they've done nothing with Red Faction, and they've done nothing with Time Splitters. And it's like, Jesus Christ, stop remastering games and fucking put out a new iteration. You're sitting on games that people right. love, and 
Exactly. And, and, and that kind of drives me crazy. So I wish they would almost just sell the rights to that game to somebody else that would actually make it. But uh, the second one I wanted to say was Alan Wake. Uh, which is made by Remedy, who did the first two Max Payne games. Um, and Alan Wake was like a story-driven horror game where you were like a horror writer. And uh, it was set in Washington. Oh, my yeah. God. I remember we, that we now. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Uh, and you're in Washington <laughs> State. And it had the real Twin Peaks vibe. And it was, it was just a very different experience for a video game. Um, yeah. It's great licensed music and stuff in it too that created some really potent moments i'm not a fan of horror games but that was i remember enjoying that yeah playing it with you back yeah because ultimately like your weapon was like a flashlight or something like you you didn't really yeah that's right you needed to uh stay in the light yeah you turn on generators yeah that's right i remember that game okay i remember that now Mm -hmm. i remember that i remember hopping from light to light yeah and the story was just really interesting and 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 done it was in a beautiful way and remedies i always enjoy their games because they did max Payne one two they did alan wake and alan wake american nightmare they did uh quantum break which was 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 pretty cool and then they have a game called control coming out this year uh, that kind of uses some of the mechanics from uh quantum break and curious to see how they do them always Always a fan of their stuff. And then the last one is one I've mentioned several times. And if they don't say anything about it at E3, I'm going to be real, real sad. And that's Splinter Cell. Destiny 3. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'd love to hear about that too. But uh, Splinter Cell. I took a shot. For Splinter Cell. For a franchise. That yeah, we, I fucking, I'm, I'm with you there, man. I hope. Yeah. I hope. Yeah, it just it, it bums me out. There were three Splinter Cell games on original Xbox. There were three Splinter Cell games on 360. And there are zero Splinter Cell games in this console cycle. And it seems unlikely there will be one in this console cycle. And that just bums the fuck so out. So saying the cycle's almost yeah. over. And yeah. yeah. And then they keep, dude, and like every time I see that, like Watch Dogs 3 is probably coming out <laughs> in the near future and stuff, oh it just God. makes me want to die. It's Ooh. like, why the fuck are you focusing on Watch Dogs Whoa. and you fucking splinter cell up your I thought there were two games that really, really like filled that area, and that was Metal Gear Solid and Splinter Cell. Yes. And Metal Gear Solid's gone, boys. Yes. So, and you do, you mm-hmm. have Watch Dogs out there now, but that's, that's, fucking that's also porta potty shit so like you've got to you, you got to jump in there you got a chance capitalize Bruce, now when you say porta potty shit that sounds like some specific thing from your life do you care to elaborate yeah <laughs> on yeah there was a um at bonnaroo when a porta potty exploded with a naked chick in it and there Holy was just crap Porta potty stuff everywhere. Tits flying. Jeez, is that a better story? Did I do? That is better. Time? It was. Yeah, it was better. But I needed. Like, I needed to hate her before she exploded. So maybe like um, you said something to her before no. she went in. Like, oh, you look nice today, and she was like, "Eat shit and die." And then she took a shit and died. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, like some type of dramatic irony uh, or something. You know. And then if was, you could add a little more color detail when it explodes, like. Mentioning the fecal matter yeah. and the blood and the gore, and then it was like a Vietnam War movie or something, you know. I mean, I- for sure. Um, yeah, no, awesome. But uh, Splinter Cell would be really cool, I think. Uh, I enjoyed the shit out of the last three or four games they put out. The only one I think I didn't play was Pandora Tomorrow. Yeah, I like that. Um, and that was original Xbox, yeah. right? That's the one that added their multiplayer, like spies versus mercs mode, which was 
very innovative for the yeah, time. But uh well I may have played some of that then. It was I don't on know, a I just don't remember games. the story. No, you're good. You might play it in different I think ways. we've we've mentioned it a couple times during the podcast, but uh, you know, double agent, fantastic yeah. game. Um that lot the conviction, awesome game. Um but anyways, yeah, uh, I, I'm with you, Josh. If we could get some Splinter Cell on this next console release, that'd be awesome. Maybe it'll be the game that comes out like right, right at the beginning of the new console generation. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I would love that. And what about you, Brooks? What are what are some games you'd like to see come back? Man, I've got I've got answers. Honestly, I've got answers. For big problems right now. Um, so I'm going to fix two <laughs> game studios uh, with with two different title releases. And the first one is Capcom. So unlike uh, Swing and Ape Studios, Capcom is still around. Um, this is a game that, that came out a very long time ago, but uh, anybody remember Super Ghouls and Ghosts? I do not. I do. Mm, okay. Yeah, so <laughs> SNES, side-scrolling kind of platformer. Brutal, brutal game, but you played a knight, um, and you were fighting, obviously, ghouls and ghosts. Um, but I feel like Capcom hasn't you know, done anything crazy in a while. What do they have right now that are, that are their big franchises the other night they had their best-selling game of all time come out a year ago and yeah monster hunter yeah but still like like that's <laughs> it god damn it i hate monster Hunter yeah. so much i know yeah, they're, they're big things they have they still have street fighter they have monster hunter they have uh resident evil they have street fighters uh, Devil sure, May right? Cry. so they they, they have okay some well so capcom so capcom doesn't need any fucking Love for me, whatever. Okay, cool. They're doing good, but still. no, it would be a very different type of game. Like all of those games well, are platformers kind of are huge right now. I mean, and I and again, I know it's an Xbox podcast, but you could you could put a side-scrolling one on the Switch, and you could put it on the Xbox too. And I just I feel like now is a good time for those games. Um, there's been quite a few releases. Xbox um, one I got into a while back. The is it Celeste? Oh, yeah, yeah, that was cool. Where you climb a mountain and and there's just there's a lot of cool platformers out there right now and I think that would be one I'd like to see come back and maybe I just need to download a ROM of is it. Is Ghosts and Ghouls play it is on it my the one with the? I think so. I think we. I think it took us like two weeks <laughs> okay. to figure that out. Oh, so we just had the audio, yeah. and uh, we were trying to figure out what it's from. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but another one I really want to see. Uh, come back is uh the second studio that i'm gonna help out here uh and josh will probably prove me wrong yeah, again <laughs> but uh jade empire i think we all know ea is just fine and particularly their studio <laughs> bioware is delivering yeah. nothing but hits <laughs> over and over again <laughs> oh, yeah. so, and bioware has done some in, in my opinion some of the best rpgs or some of the most enjoyable ones they just haven't in a yeah. while. So even Inquisition, Dragon Age Inquisition wasn't, you know, held very high. But I remember playing Jade Empire and just being sucked into that game. I mean, they do such a great job. It's is one of the first like RPGs I played that kind of took a Far East um, storyline and you know, you had your different martial arts that you could go through in your skill trees and stuff. And it was it's just fantastic. The storytelling was done well. Uh, and I think coming from an you know, Xbox One and then jumping into, you know, or I'm sorry, the original Xbox and then jumping into Xbox One or even this new generation of consoles, the things that they could do with that game would be just yeah. incredible. And I, I did want to add, and I think we've maybe mentioned this before, but they did renew like the rights to that name about a year ago, around the same time that they secured the rights to Apex oh, really? Legends. So 
uh, it seems like there's still potential for that game. Yeah, the trademark. They renewed I remember you telling game. me about that. I loved that game, too. I, I, I That's one of my favorites that BioWare's made. I just, man, I just don't think this current team has the talent, and I would be leery of them making anything. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there I'm sure there's probably very few people that yeah. are still there that worked on Jade Empire if any. So I don't disagree with you. It would probably turn into something like Anthem and just not be good at all. But it would be it would be neat to see an attempt. Um another one that I I would like to see come back which I'm sure won't ever um but <laughs> in the same line with the uh sports games you guys were talking about you know street and blitz and everything earlier i'd love to see the ncaa football games come back uh, yeah. never never been into madden um mm. or any of the 2k games but i always loved playing the ncaa football franchise games so yeah. those would be really I, cool i didn't play madden either when i played one of those that were more realistic i i, I enjoyed the ncaa more yeah. i don't know why i couldn't tell you why because i didn't play a whole lot of them between that one and Madden, but I did I did play those more than Madden. Yeah, and they, they felt more like the actual experience of watching a football game in the sense that, you know, you had like the school pride and you had the school song, you know, fight song playing or whatever, and you had like all, the, you know, yeah. the colors and the fans and all that kind of stuff. Like it felt more oh, like yeah. a real spectacle and they got, more they got, sincere than the Madden games ever felt. They got real in-depth too towards the end of the run where you were, you know, there was, there was a mode where you could you know, run a collegiate football program and it was like a simulator, you know, you wouldn't play games, but oh, yeah, you would, yeah. uh, you could recruit and, and do different stuff like that. And, um, there was another mode where you could start, like you could play like the last four or five of your high school games, um, and get yeah. recruited and try to, you know, the better you did the high, you know, better school you could go to. And then you'd start out and on the lower ranks of whatever college you got picked up by. And, uh, play through that and then try to go to the NFL. And so there, there were some really cool modes in it that I thought, you know, brought more to that game's replayability or even playability than is what's afforded in Madden games. Yeah, they, they ultimately had to stop do it, doing it because they're profiting off of the likenesses of unpaid athletes and stuff and weren't cutting them. Absolutely. You know, and I understand all that. But they've, yeah. um, I'm kind of wondering if they're transitioning back into doing those type of games because like NBA 2K games, you you can play for certain colleges at the beginning of their career mode that are, you know, that exist. They're real colleges that just don't have any of the current players on them, but they yeah. make deals with, you know, probably 10 universities or whatever in those games. And then you can choose one of those to play at the beginning of your career. And then the next Madden is going to have that as well. And so I think they may be kind of transitioning back into finding a way to make those type of games. Yeah. Well, it'd, it'd be cool. Um, you know, I hope it. I hope it happens, but ultimately, I don't. I don't see it popping up anytime soon. You know, I don't think universities have any intention of paying collegiate athletes, and that's probably what ultimately is going to have to happen for them to make a game like the ones they used to make. Yeah, because even so, if they did games we'll where you didn't have any of the actual players of that roster, people would create them. You know, I mean, it wouldn't, and I think universities would still have right. problems with it because people would just do a create a team type function and yeah. Uh, make those but yep and then uh the last one to round out my list i i I would like to see come out soon um this is one that i it's kind of a cheat uh because i think they are making another installment of it but that's a metroid so obviously i think it was this last year and said you know hey we're we're gonna start over again (laughs) uh we're just scrapping everything we don't like what it looks like which again you know is one of those things where it's thank you for being transparent with us and thank you for wanting to achieve you know a level of excellence in a game and pushing it off for that but it's just been forever since a good metroid game has came out um and i think it 
I think it's time. Oh yeah, yeah. That'd be cool to see come back. It's cool <laughs> to have the, if they have the money to finish the game, Xavier. You <laughs> fuckers. Speaking of games that should come back, it it's just left us. Yeah, not but this week, and I want it back. Cunts. Yep, the Culling Two servers have been shut down as of May. The Culling Two, the Culling servers, have been shut down May fifteenth. The, the Culling Two didn't make it a week. The Culling Two didn't last Mm-mm-mm. at all. But uh, yeah, that's that's a bummer. We kept thinking somebody would bail them out, but it doesn't sound like anybody came in to pick up the IP. So, boyos, I think that's a that's a wrap. As we end every episode, Brooks, why don't you tell us what's in the box this week? Absolutely. It's it's another letter. I'll spare the details on this one. I'm not going to read it oh. to you. I'm going to go put a stamp on it, and I'm going to mail it to Avalanche NID um, and request that I get Josh's 60-something dollars back so that I don't have to pay him half of it for game share. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fuck those motherfuckers. Fuck that game. Don't buy it. It's a piece oh, of shit. Okay.